What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash malicious compliance. Doing back-to-back recordings today because why not? Always trying to work on my efficiencies a little bit. Kind of make myself nuts because I, I get tunnel vision. I want to record an episode, edit it, finish it, do the thumbnail, do the titles, all that stuff, the SEO. And uh, sometimes you're better off if you can just record a few things, you know, batch record, batch edit, batch, batch, batch. It occurred to me the other day when I was reading some of these other stories that I like to read for you guys that, uh, you know, a big problem in a lot of these companies is, you know, by trying to do all the little fiddle and things that they're always doing, they really kill their efficiency and their their work rate and things like that, and ultimately their bottom line. So uh, let's give it a try, see if I can neat things up here. And uh, oh, by the way, I had a comment in one of the videos recently that uh, I, don't, I don't remember the first part. Actually, let's take a look here. So here's the comment. And it was on a, uh, let's see, entitled people video that I did last week. It was entitled, You Stole the Hat. Comment says, lazy ass, sitting down, stand up. No punctuation, it's all one blurred together sentence. And then uh, right underneath that it says, boring. Uh, not sure what you're getting at there, OP, but uh, I don't know if you're talking about somebody in the story or me or what. Uh, yes, I'm going to sit down. Yes, I am a lazy ass. I've admitted it in many videos. And, uh, as far as the boring part, sorry, I am who I am. And, uh, if that's boring, then so be it. I'm here for all my fellow boring brethren. So let's do some malicious compliance. You want me to do something else while I'm waiting? Okay. At my most recent former employer, a home improvement store in the vein of Lowe's or Home Depot, I worked in receiving, mostly unloading trucks with a forklift. About two years into my time there, we got a new assistant store manager. Let's call him Gary. This guy came in and thought that not only did his shit not stink, but that we should all eat as much of it as possible. <laughs> Micromanaging, changing SOP, etc. Everything he said was right. So one day, a truck is in the process of backing down the ramp to our receiving docks, but there's a problem with the brakes and the wheels are just dragging. Since my job at that moment is wait until the truck comes in and unload it once it does, there's literally nothing I can really do apart from give the dude good vibes from my seat. To be clear, the problem was not any failing on the driver's part, just bad luck with the hoses. At this time of day, we had two people on the clock and receiving. Me on one forklift waiting for the truck and my department manager on another, helping out in the outside yard because two propane forklifts were disabled and they had two lumber trucks show up at the same time. We only had two electric forks and they were the only ones that could be inside the building. Apparently propane forklifts put out exhaust fumes that can kill you in an enclosed space or some such pansy BS. So basically I'm literally all alone, the only available forklift that can unload the truck, which is fine because that's my effing jam. At the same time we only had one dock of three available for live loads because one already had an unhooked trailer and the other was broken. So while we're understaffed and short equipment and while the driver's trying to un-F his truck, Gary walks into receiving with two other department managers and sees me sitting on the forklift, basically just twiddling my thumbs as I watch the driver. I can understand how it might look like I'm effing off since I kind of am, but not really. Why are you just sitting there? Gary asks me. I'm waiting for the truck to back up. He says, while you're waiting, you can do other things. I look out the dock door and see the driver come out from between the truck and trailer and get back in the cab. So I say, but he's almost got it. He'll be docked in like a minute. And in that minute, you can do other things. I've had more than my share of crappy leaders in my life, and I can tell by Gary's tone and body language that nothing's going to shake him from his attitude. So I just say, you got it. What should I do while I wait? Gary says, go outside and help unload one of the lumber trucks. I say, for how long? Sounding annoyed, he waves his hand in a shooing motion and says, for as long as it takes. Now go. 
Then he walks away. The two department managers look at each other, look at me, smile, and follow after him. They know what's about to happen. Hey, buddy, you got it. I'm absolutely going to do this for you. So I spin the forklift around and zip out through the big overhead door into the outside yard to help with the lumber trucks. As I do this, I hear the trailer back into the dock, but that doesn't matter because Gary gave me a mission. I make it to where the lumber trucks are parked in the yard and my department manager drives over next to me. He says, why are you out here? Isn't the truck docking? I nod. Yeah, Gary told me to be out here helping while I wait. He was very insistent. I slowly emphasize those last two words. <laughs> my manager just smiles, turns around and continues to unload. I start helping. A stack of studs here, a bundle of trusses there, and I'm doing my part to empty these flatbeds of wood. While this is happening, I hear the gate attendant for the outside yard radio that we have another truck waiting to come in. I radio back that it's going to have to wait until the other truck's gone. Then another truck shows up, and another. In the 20 minutes I've been outside, four trucks besides the one that is now at the dock have arrived to be unloaded in our single dock, and every time I tell the gate that they'll have to wait. At this point, the general store manager, Mike, finally hears what's happening over the radio and cuts in. Hey, what's going on? Are we not unloading the truck and receiving? I radio back and say, I'll be there in just a second. I put the load I've got on my tires where it needs to go and haul ass back to receiving. As I drive into the bay, Mike and Gary are both standing there with the driver next to them. I zip up to them and hold my hand out for the driver's paperwork. He hands it to me as Gary says, what the hell's taking you so long? Why haven't you started unloading yet? Uh, you told me to help on the lumber trucks while I wait, I say. Gary sputters and says, I, I, I meant until this truck was in the dock. I look at Mike and then back to Gary. I asked you for how long and you said for as long as it takes. I didn't say that. I look at him and he looks at me like he's daring me. And I like taking dares. I name the two department managers who were with him when he told me and say, we all heard you say it. You were very clear. His face turns the color of an apple and not like a Fuji or Gala, but a red effing delicious. He opens his mouth, but Mike puts a hand on his arm and stops him. Mike looks at me and says, get it sorted fast, okay? I nod and get started as Mike walks away with Gary fuming beside him. Now, I didn't hear their conversation because I was kicking ass and taking names on my forklift. But word got back to me that Mike told Gary he would never again be allowed to question anything anyone in receiving does, and especially me when it comes to unloading trucks. If I'm on a forklift, I'm basically untouchable. And over the next year that Gary was with us, he abided by that directive, though he did feel entitled to shoot me a dirty glance or 20 every so often. Not that I cared because I had trucks to unload. I understand sort of what Gary was getting at. I've been in places, I've worked in warehouses, I've worked on construction sites, and there's a lot of times when guys are goofing off, riding out the clock and everything like that. But you got to understand, you got to learn when those things are happening and when they're not. Yes, there are times when things are going to be slow, things are going to be down, and you can be filling your time doing something else. Straightening up, you know, getting rid of the bands that come off the pallets, the shrink wrap, sweeping up the floors, stacking pallets out of the way, whatever. But at the same time, you've got a guy here that knows what he's doing. He's got, you know, a couple of tasks in this receiving warehouse. And if he's good at his job and he can motor that thing around, get trucks unloaded, get them out of the way, get things organized in the warehouse while he's unloading, leave him alone. That's not the guy you want to be playing with because he can make your life miserable or he can make it run really smooth, at least in that area. Now, if you've been watching and you're halfway competent, which it doesn't sound like Gary is, and you notice that people are actually screwing off and riding out the clock, then sure, say something. But, you know, when the truck's almost to the bay door, you don't send them outside to do something else. That's just stupid. You've wasted now at least, you know, five minutes for the ride there, five minutes for the ride back, and then all the time unloading. So, yeah, that's just dumb. 
Oh, by the way, things might run a little more smoothly if you actually get some kind of maintenance done on your forklifts and stop jacking around with that. So, you know, you can always have somebody that's multitasking throughout the building. You know, it's always good to have that one guy who kind of floats around, one guy that can do the forklift stuff, who's trained, licensed, whatever it is in your state. And then, you know, when you don't need one guy outside with a forklift, one guy inside with a forklift and another guy helping out, you can have him doing something else working paint department or whatever, helping the guys on the contractor desk, whatever that is. I've always been a firm believer in having one guy that can do a little bit of everything and jump in and help out when the guys that specialize in each field are a little overwhelmed and things are stacking on them. So anyway, I read a comment down below where it looks like Gary got promoted to something in corporate or whatever and uh, basically failed upward. Good for you, Gary. <laughs> Calling me on a day off? Cha-ching. This happened well over a year ago, but as a unionized employee, I get every third Friday off. On my day off, I'm playing some video games and get a text from the boss. I know it's your day off, but whatever. That's easy to ignore. But then I got a second text. And after I ignore that, I get a call. Boss says, I know it's your day off, but our phones are down. Me. No worries. I'll handle it. We hang up and I call our phone provider. I'm the IT and the contact there. And this isn't my first call ever to them, so I literally have their service department saved in my phone. I call, I register the problem, and they say they'll look into it. I provide them my boss's name and extension and tell them to call him when it's fixed. I then call my boss back and let him know that they'll call him ASAP. But now for the malicious compliance bit. Our contract stipulates a minimum call in of four hours, meaning that you cannot pay me for less than four hours for a day unless it's by my own choosing. And if you call me in for an hour and send me home, I get four hours of pay. But wait, there's more. We also have an overtime clause that pays OT at 150%. And lastly, we have a clause that says all OT must be approved by the boss, or else it's a one-to-one -one toil, time off in lieu, which you can take at a one-to-one -one ration, i.e. if I decide that the weekend is a good time for server updates, I don't need to ask for approval. But my two hours of work only translate to two hours of paid time off elsewhere. Combine all this in one delightful batch and you get a 10-minute call that results in six hours of bank time off. I went right back to my video games, filled out my timesheet the week after, and said, I know it's your day off, but is implied consent for overtime. Minimum call out of four hours at 150% is six hours. Almost an entire day off with pay in exchange for a 10 minute call. Thank you very much. Bonus, guess who has two thumbs and has since never been called on his day off? This unionized guy. Hint, get unionized, fight back. Edit, didn't think this would take off like this. Of course, anyone saying this isn't malicious is right. Sadly, we live in a world where a lot of people are expected to work beyond their scope. And while my experience should be normal, it really isn't for a lot of people. The expectation my boss had, I presume, is that I'd write the 15 minutes down, we write our time in blocks of 15, and be content with that. We all deserve A, to be left alone during our time off, and B, to be, comp and B, to be compensated and compensated well if we're asked to give up time off to do a work thing. You work to live, after all, not the other way around. To those asking what IT union I'm with, I'm not in a special IT union, it's just a union with experience with office jobs. If you're interested in joining a union and don't know where to start, call any local union. A nurse or plumber's union will gladly point you to the right place if they can't help you themselves. More unionized workers are good for everyone because we as a working class need to understand that we're all in this together. I got mixed feelings on the whole union thing. I think they have their place. I don't think they solve every problem, but they can solve some issues, like this whole work thing. Now me, while 90% of the time in my working life I've worked non-union shops, I can say that I've never once without my consent, let a business owner, a boss, or anything take advantage of me. 
there are times when I've given a little bit of my time and maybe an expertise outside of my particular field in that job to lend a hand, and I gladly did it, and it was on me. With that being said, it shouldn't be expected of me. If I decide that I'm going to participate in this and, you know, and either take, you know, less pay or less, you know, time in lieu, whatever, then that's on me. But if I tell them and I, you know, you sign paperwork when you get hired on a job most of the time, if not, I make them sign something. Otherwise I don't take the job there. Uh, if you're going to call me on my day off, you're going to pay for it one way or the other. I've seen where unions can help with that, where, you know, companies will take advantage. I've also seen where unions can take advantage in the other direction and basically have their people getting paid for basically doing nothing. So it can be a two-edged sword here. Let's not kid ourselves. I'm all for protecting the workers for sure. But as a business owner and after working in management before, I'm also for protecting the guy who's writing the paychecks. So everybody's got to meet somewhere in the middle and be happy with the deal. Otherwise, it all goes to crap eventually. So, eh. What bald spots, HOA? HOA got on us for our bald spots in our yard. Now they're considered Halloween graves. All we needed were dollar store tombstones. By the time the 20 days after a holiday rule kicks in for decorations, the grass seed would have sprouted through the soil. And down below, Captain Punisher says, did it specify which holidays? If not, change them up for all the most menial holidays. Arbor Day, Veterans Day, Thanksgiving, Armistice Day, Hanukkah, Christmas, Jeans, Kwanzaa, etc. Make sure you never have more than a 20-day gap between holidays. Look at Hallmark's list of holidays if you need ideas. Outstanding idea. While I don't live in an HOA and never will live in an HOA because of certain weird, ridiculous rules, I live inside of city limits in the town I live in. And uh, while it's not HOA grade effery, it is annoying nonetheless. There are times during the year when I may not get the grass cut because it's wet or because I was busy or because of whatever reason. And it may go a few extra days. I don't need a notice on my door telling me about it. I understand that it needs to be done. I also don't need to be told when my trash cans can go out to the curb and when they need to come in because sometimes you got to put them out early because you know you're going to be busy or they come in a little late because you were busy and you didn't get home until late. And then if you get a weed growing up through the cracks of your sidewalk, I don't need a notice for that either. I don't have the prettiest house on the block, but it's a work in progress. We bought the worst house on the block and we've been slowly fixing it up. Probably still is the worst house on the block because there's a lot going on in our lives and I try not to leave everything trashed, but occasionally things happen. As far as HOAs go, yeah... No. Where's the budget? A short and sweet one. Budget process for next fiscal year just started at the company I work for. As usual, management is pushing us not to increase costs above inflation. So every department is trying to cut figures from their budget to make room for more stuff. IT decided to go malicious compliance and told everyone that they would only budget software licenses that were used by more than one department in the company. Otherwise, each department had to take care of their own licensing costs. That kind of makes sense, right? But the thing is, while IT would still pay for Microsoft 365 licenses and the like, the really expensive apps are usually specialty stuff, accounting software, engineering software, etc. So IT just got congratulated on their budget reductions, and all other departments were left hanging out to dry. Nevertheless, knowing how the corporate world works, I don't think this will be the last year I hear of this. I get it. Why should the IT department eat the cost for all the specialty licenses? If it's a company-wide thing, okay, that's in the IT overall scope and budget. If it's a specialty thing that only that department uses or one person in that department, it should be in their budget for sure. Just like when I helped run, you know, parts of a construction company. Office is office, accounting is accounting, field is field, management is management, you know, there's all kinds of different budgets. Accounting should not be paying directly out of their budget for my job site trailer rental. 
that is something that goes with that job that I'm running. So that's part of my budget. You know, just makes sense. Too logical for some, though. Yes, the brakes are on, but... So I wasn't the complier, but I got complied. I work in a rail yard, and it's a universal rule that unattended rail cars require two handbrakes. I came on shift in the morning and went to take the two required brakes off the four cars in the shed, only to find that instead of the brakes were applied on the second and fourth car in line instead of the easiest first two cars. It wasn't a huge inconvenience or anything, but just a bit annoying, because the previous guy was feeling a bit petty. I don't know what that means. I don't know why it matters. A couple handbrakes or a couple handbrakes. Uh, for me, if they're all in a line, I would do the brake on the front of the first car and the brake on the back of the last car. Because I'm pretty sure each car has two sets of brakes. you got a handbrake in the back and a handbrake in the front. Although rail cars don't really have a front and a back, but you know what I mean. I don't know. That way everything kind of stays contained and the other two cars don't accidentally get bumped and start trailing off down the tracks if there's a slight grade. But what do I know? I'm a carpenter, not a railroad engineer. Damn it, Jim. Tidying at the night. Hello, everybody. First, I must say English is not my native language. Feel free to point out and fix my mistakes. I live in a moderate apartment building in a bigger city, not the capital. There are 15 flats or apartments altogether, and I live in one of those. For years, there was a cleaning duty roster. Basically, it meant that every week, tenants of one of the apartments must tidy up the common areas, stairs, etc. In those times, I worked pretty much until the evening. So, when it was my turn to tidy up, I just tried to be very careful. Tidying up around 11 p.m. or after midnight was the norm for me. Once a year, we have, as a whole building, a meeting about financial status, etc. One older lady from one apartment told in front of everybody, You don't do your mandatory tidying. I was a bit perplexed. Not angry, just surprised, and asked, What? Yes, you don't do that. I couldn't hear you. Cue the malicious compliance. Okay, the next time I had the duty, it was around 12.30 a.m., I made sure I was heard. Oh yeah, I was. I used a metal bucket, not a plastic one, and very loudly with a broom. I knocked on every door in the building. <laughs> Dogs barked like crazy. People sleepy went outside just to see what the fuss was about. For every tenant, I apologized with the words of that older lady. I'm sorry I'm waking you. Mrs. X needed to hear me tidying. Sorry about that. Not a single one was angry after that because they heard her during that annual meeting. Sorry to the other tenants again for the fuss. It had to be done. Thank you. I get it. I don't know if I'd have had the nuts to go through with it, but I get it. Uh, you know, you didn't hear me, so that means it didn't happen. Oh, because I'm trying to be kind and not rude and wake everybody up because my schedule is a little weird and I had to clean it off hours. I'm not sure I would have done it on every door, but I definitely would have done it around her apartment. You know, if I'm sweeping the floor, that broom would have slapped that door every time I took a stroke with the broom. Metal can would have been dropped and everything. Once I got past her place, I would have quieted down, but... Hey, you do what you got to do to get your point across, I guess. YouTube thinks you're going to like this video right here. So uh, can you do me a favor and help out the channel and uh, give it a click? Thanks. See ya.